This is a HeadGum Podcast. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, jumping right into the intro. Please don't say that we get into a lot of stuff. <laughs> we do get into a lot of stuff. Cheryl. <laughs> do I say that? Every time. You're like, okay, we get into a lot of stuff. We get into it. <laughs> we get into a lot of, listen. Listen. We talk about what are some of the highlights. I would say this is an episode with no highlights. That's not true. There are some great highlights. Um, We talked about herpes. I don't know what that's a highlight. A low light? An itchy light. Yes. So we, we, I mean, we touch on, we'll say we touch on herpes. Ooh. (laughs) We touch on herpes. We talk about Marlon Brando. Marlon. This is a documentary about (laughs) Val Kimmer. Kilmer. (laughs) Kimmer. And we, out of the gate, <laughs> we're like, what do we, what do we get into? We get, we touch, we touch on herpes. <laughs> Listen, we are by no means saying that that this is associated this is, with Val. This, <laughs> this is the intro, and for those that have never heard our show, oh, this is what they're this hearing. This is what they're hearing. Yeah, I hope this isn't your on first herpes. one. <laughs> I hope this is not the first time you're hearing this show because it's the whole, listen, the whole thing is not about herpes. I'm just saying it's a great show. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun and serious. Very serious. Yes. Ladies and jerks, welcome to Val. It all started when Tig and Cheryl met in the mid-2000s. Hey, nice to meet you, Tig. I'm Cheryl Hines. Hi, Cheryl. I'm Tig Notaro. Should we do a podcast about documentaries? Yes. A podcast about documentaries? Is this microphone on? Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. Five furious frogs faintly. I am the first ever podcast. And Tick and Cheryl are following in the sound of my footsteps. Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl. True story. Tig. Cheryl. We meet again. We meet again. Yeah. We're not going to stop meeting like this. 
It looks like you've unpacked your closet. I have a new closet. <laughs> but last time I saw you, I thought you had boxes in your closet. Yeah, I've been unpacking, yeah. I'm in an extra bedroom. You see all the childhood art that yeah. my cousin's kids Inspiring. made? Yeah. Okay. This is a back bedroom where I can record and there's not air blowing to, you know, it's the heat is, it's crazy hot. out here. It's hot. It's hot in Mississippi. Here. Yeah. That's why I've rigged the most ridiculous, like, all I can think is if my cousin walked in, who, who he doesn't understand. Show business? Podcast? Yeah, or any of it. Mm-hmm. When I tell him I'm recording a show and, and then he's like, tell me, tell me about this show. Tell me, what do you, and I, and I tell him and, you know, he's a normal civilized person, but he yeah, is small town productions are not on his the top of his list like well no and a lot of other things aren't there's just a lot of things that i'll bring up and and uh it's news to him (laughs) but um anyway if he walked in and saw me in this situation in the back bedroom at his house he would not know i don't and i wouldn't even know how to explain to him (laughs) why this is set up i really hope he comes in while we're uh, (laughs) recording this i know i kind of wish he was here because i think people would really enjoy his accent oh well yeah maybe during one of our breaks we can bring him in Mm -hmm. um you know what today we're talking about val you ready for this it's a 2021 documentary directed by leo scott and ting poo it tells the story of actor Val Kilmer's life and career using a mix of present-day footage as well as 800 hours of video. That's crazy. I wonder if, if Val and uh, Punky Brewster... I know. I was thinking the same thing. Got each other on uh, video. Video. And just a <laughs> shot of each other videotaping. Yeah. Um, eight, 800 hours of video shot by Kilmer over several decades. The documentary is narrated by Jack Kilmer, Val's son. Val mm-hmm. premiered at the Cannes Film Festival and is available to watch on Amazon Prime. <gasps> Woo! Did you know about Val Kilmer's um, situation going into this documentary? I did. I don't know if it's, you know, because I run in cancer circles. Mm. I don't know. But I did know. But I have to say, I always get him confused also with... Um, what is that guy's name? Well, I like that we can't remember anybody's. <laughs> <laughs> when we reference people, we can't remember. Uh, but when I'm when I'm looking at Val Kilmer, I'm like, that is Val Kilmer. I know that that is Val Kilmer. But then when I see the other guy, then I'm like, is oh, that is Val that Kilmer? Th- oh, I wonder who yeah. you're talking about. I do too. <laughs> I wonder. Maybe maybe it. Oh, maybe it'll come to you. For anybody that's listening that doesn't know. In current day now, Val is recovering from throat cancer, and he had a surgery that impaired his voice and makes it difficult for him to talk. A tracheotomy, right? Yeah, tracheotomy. So he has the, you know, he has a Were you avoiding using that word? Uh, It wasn't on my outline, so I wasn't going to go Mm -hmm. into it. Can I tell you something about tracheotomies? Yes, please. That is Stephanie's fantasy situation. That she's going to be in an emergency. Oh, no. And somebody's going to need an emergency tracheotomy, and she wants to do it. And how would she do it with a pen, a ballpoint yeah. pen? This is what mm-hmm. this is her plan. 
Yeah. Oh, my God. I hope I'm not with her when there's, like, trouble on a plane or something. <laughs> she just comes at me. Ooh, with that's a good title for a movie, <laughs> Trouble on a Plane. Trouble on a Plane. <laughs> and it's like, Stephanie, not yet. I'm the, there's not even a problem yet, and you're coming at me with that thing. Yeah. I, I mean, do you think you could do it if there was... Um, if it was life or death? Yeah. Let's say mm. it was me, somebody mm. that you care deeply about. I don't know that I would... Tr- Trust myself to know. Okay, but I need to. I'm gasping for air, and I need. I need your help. I'm. I'm, I'm uh, yeah. Uh, oh, and, and you tried saying, the Heimlich but, maneuver. Okay, you tried to working. reach your fingers down my throat. I don't know if I could. Could you do it? Would you? So do you it? would just let me die? Well, I don't know that I would trust myself. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna well, die. How do I? Ah. And and a ballpoint pen is just sitting there. Just like calling my name, and I'm like, I guess I'll give it one hard poke. Yeah. Okay. Would you do it? Would you do it? I would. I'd turn my head. And you. And you. And I just uh, hope I I got the right area. But you have to take the pen, the, the pen ink out. Out. You have to take the you ink take out. The ink out, and then you have the little tube that would stay in to to yeah. clear the air. Air. I don't uh, trust myself. What if it was somebody you cared more about than me? Yeah, I'd definitely do it. <laughs> no, I just don't know that I would be in the state of mind and have the confidence that I would be like, great. See, I feel like you have the personality where... That would be like, get ready, where you'd I'm be like, it. I Yeah, where you're I had just to like, do it. I, I have to do this. Here's a ballpoint pen. Tig can't breathe. Out I'm the going ink in. goes. I'm going in. All right, I'm going to make a commitment right now that I I will go for it. But I don't want anybody coming at me later like, what were you thinking? You just, she was in her last moment. You made it worse by jabbing her. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we've had this conversation, I, now, it would have been a humorous thing because I'd be like, oh my gosh, she is going for it. I would be thinking it because I'd be choking, oh. and then I see the so you then see it would coming at you. Yeah, so I would be amused. I'd be okay. like, "Wow, she decided to do it." Okay, so we're making a pact right now. Yes, in an emergency, and I wouldn't do it for you though. Oh, <laughs> just wait. Why wouldn't you do it for me? Well, I just I get queasy. I thought you just said you'd do it. That's why I said I'd do it for you. You don't think I'm, I'm going to get queasy? I didn't specify that I'd do it for you. I oh, said for I would do it. somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> Why won't you do it for me? See, I do think Stephanie would prematurely. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying. Because she's so excited. Yeah, she can't wait for her moment to shine. Oh, it, do you have one of those moments in mm-hmm. an emergency where, where you think, okay, I want to be able. I think the one thing I would be good at and this is one thing that I know, is in an emergency, if there's a crowd of people, you look at one person, you make eye contact, and you point to them, and you say, you call 911. You don't just yell out, somebody call 911, because then people think that everybody else is doing it. But So least- you can't wait to do that? <laughs> Why don't you call 911, Because Cheryl? I'm busy tending to your tracheotomy. Oh, oh, I see. Or Heimlich or whatever I'm tr- trying to do. Yeah. Oh, okay. I Why, didn't do realize you have you one were the that one. you can't wait to try out? You know, oddly, this just happened. I think there was somebody I read in the news, some famous person, their <gasps> father, like, had a heart attack when they were <gasps> driving. 
and they were able to like get the car over to the side of the road or their dad died while he was driving something oh like that oh my god um and so i've kind of had moments where i've thought yeah okay i'm i'm ready i can get in there yeah and, and like sit on the lap of the dead person oh god i guess See, this is like my my sister-in-law, Mary, who is listening. I know she's listening. Hey, Mary, hey. Hey, Mary, hey. Mary is always like, what's the worst thing that could happen in this moment? And then she looks around, and then she figures out what she would do. You know, <sighs> like, ah, oh, if you're driving and the door flew open, and then you fell out on the highway, or, <laughs> you know, if there's oh if you're swimming and an alligator like gets you, she's always trying to stay one step ahead of the universe. Like, here's what I'm gonna do if that happens. Mm -hmm. It's like Mary, just have a little wine and relax. You know what I mean? Yeah, Mary, chill <laughs> out. <laughs> Mary, Mary, relax. Okay, um, shall we talk about Val? Yes, that's why we're here. Yes, yeah, so Val. And Val, if you're listening, hey Val, hey. Hey Val, hey. Hey Val, hey. I will say this about the the documentary. I really enjoyed it, and it was so interesting seeing the footage that he shot. Didn't you find that fascinating? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I really loved uh, the footage that his brother filmed when they were little. Yeah. That was a curveball I wasn't ready for. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't want to spill beans. I know well, you Well, I mean, I think this whole here. thing is... A big bean? A bean spilt spiller mm -hmm. well when his brother died i just yeah. i wasn't expecting that were you no i had no idea so his so yeah he shows um films that his brother that he would make with his two brothers wesley and mark and they made these cute films the three of them yeah and when it was when it was like teeing up the moment when his brother i it was that moment that's getting away from you and then you're kind of realizing what's happening. And I was like, oh, no, I is he going to die? I know, because you were so I, uh, excited I was so to immersed. see him. Yeah, it was so cute. And it really... Um, it was painful. Yeah, it was really painful. And it really, um, you know, had a big effect on Val. And so, yeah, it was really sad when we found out that his his brother died. He, His brother, Wesley, mm -hmm. um, had an epileptic and drowned in the huh. in the family's jacuzzi oh god when he he was 15 so they were young these guys yeah yeah i don't know it's like i think about my sons i mean they do everything together and they you know they're five now and they sleep in the same bed Aww. and they have these little loft beds where they sleep on the top mm -hmm. and <laughs> They were so excited to have that, the big kid independence uh -huh. beds, you know, and underneath the loft is some cloth that hangs down and they have their little apartment set up. In uh -huh. there. <laughs> and Finn <laughs> moved all of his stuff into Max's apartment the other day. Aww. And he just knew Max would be fine with that. And Max was. Max is so easygoing. That is and so, so cute. Yeah, Finn moved in with Max. And now they both sleep in Max's bed. <laughs> it is so cute. Like, my point is, I, they're only five. And right. I don't... When Stephanie, she'll take them each out on, like, special time with Alone. her, like, on a mm -hmm. walk 
to go get a little treat or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a toy or something. And they always buy something for the other one Aww. when they are out. I mean, they have their little arguments and stuff, but in general, they really love each other. And I just don't know how people come back from this and and how intense I just I, really I feel for them. And when I was watching this documentary, all I could think about was, oh, my gosh, if if one of them lost the other, yeah. it's so impactful. And you can you could look back and be like, Oh, well, they weren't that old, you know, they probably forgot or moved on or, you know, yeah. and it's like, no, no. I was thinking about your boys when I was, when we were watching Identical Strangers, Three Identical Strangers, because that was also intense about, yeah, you know, separating yeah. twins and triplets. triplets. Ay yeah, ay ay. so sad. Well, apparently Val's father, Eugene, was like devastated and he said in the, in this documentary, he said that he was really never the same. Mm -hmm. But it was interesting, too, that Val's mom was a Christian scientist. Interesting why? Well, because it's such a such a different way of seeing the world and approaching the world than the norm. Mm -hmm. Being spiritual and, and not wanting to use medication or doctors or hospitals that sort of thing just knowing the uh just trying to use the energy of prayer mm -hmm. you know it's a different way to be raised right yeah they they bought roy rogers ranch <laughs> i love that and then they yeah and then they I, turned it into i feel like that's something <laughs> turned it into a movie set <laughs> yeah i feel like that's something where if that presented itself in my life yeah. i would be like stephanie we have to buy have roy to rogers roy. ranch <laughs> that would and i feel like she would be like that's so fun yeah that's let's cool. do it let's do it yeah we definitely need to live there i love that we were big roy rogers fans at my house oh were you sweet. uh no oh okay Sorry no, as a matter of fact, I did. I, I really, to this day, don't really. I don't want to say I don't know who Roy Rogers is because you're gonna come at Roy me. Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. Did they do cowboy movies? <laughs> <laughs> they would sing Happy Trails at the end huh? of the show. Was it a western show? Yeah. Was it a sketch let's, show? Let's move on. Okay, let's we're gonna move, move on. on. I, I thought we could share a moment of. But I think there's a drink called a Roy Rogers. That's how I know it. I know for sure there is. Oh, what's in the Roy Rogers? It's a, it doesn't have alcohol. It's like a Shirley Temple, but for but for boys. Guys. <laughs> oh Am God. I right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, why don't we um, give our listeners a break mm -hmm. from us and, and come back and mm -hmm. we will figure out what is in a Roy, oh, Roy Rogers. Rogers. Happy trails to, to you. you. Until, Until we, we meet again. again. Happy trail. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. 
Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hey, welcome back. You want to know what's in Roy Rogers? <laughs> it's not that difficult. It's it's cola uh-huh. and grenadine syrup. And then you put a cherry a in cherry. it. Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. It's just called a Roy Rogers, right? Yeah, but a Shirley Temple is like, it's lighter. It's got, you know, ginger ale. Oh, okay. And grenadine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Big difference there. <laughs> but can I just say, at the beginning of this film, there's an opening shot where we see a home video of, of Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise, like, goofing around. Oh, yeah, yeah. I never say goofing. Goof- I'm just reading this. It says goofing. By the way, I want to thank you for um, <laughs> saying Val's last name this far into the uh, podcast episode. <laughs> well, in case anybody's just joining us, we're yeah. talking about Val Kilmer. Uh-huh. Um, and they were on the set of Top Gun. And they had these more cigarettes. Remember, mm. did they even make My those mother in? used to smoke those. More. And he was doing like a funny mm. takeoff of more. And he's like, you know, we want more. We want more booze. We want more wine. We want more sex. We want more herpes. And I was like, Her- I've never heard anybody want more herpes. <laughs> yeah, usually the order is less of this, please. <laughs> yeah. Could and somebody some- take some of this off my plate? I like that for him, that was a real badge of honor. Yeah. It's like, yeah, if you've got herpes, you're getting some. My mother used to smoke filterless Pall Malls. Oh. And then she started smoking more cigarettes. Mm. Were they skinny? No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're skinny, long. Yeah, Yeah, they were longer than most. Yeah, a little thinner, a little longer. And I remember I was with my mother the day she quit smoking, and I... Look, it was the 80s. We weren't a family that was littering, but I remember she took her pack of more cigarettes and she crumpled them and threw it out the window. And then she never smoked again. Wow, she really made a statement. She did. At the expense of our environment, but still, it was dramatic. My mother is to blame for everything (laughs) that's going down. It was dramatic. Do you want to hear some of Val's? voice you want to hear okay why don't we hear a little bit of jack jack is his son that's reading Uh and i'm assuming right that val wrote all of the words that he's was reading we are assuming because we're certainly not going to look it up right (laughs) i 
definitely don't have time to Google something like that. Okay, here's Jack. Here's Jack introducing. My name is Val Kilmer. I've lived a magical life. And I've captured quite a bit of it. I was the first guy I knew to own a video camera. I have thousands of hours of videotapes and film reels that I've shot throughout my life and career. I've kept everything. And it's been sitting in boxes for years. So that's uh, Jack. By the way, what do you do with all the stuff that you keep? I mean, that sounded so stressful to me. All the videotapes. <laughs> what do you do with all that stuff? I don't know what you do with all that stuff. I have so much uh, video from my um, stand-up career Ugh. from years gone by. Did I tell you about the video that I have of... Um, <laughs> Of Jerry Seinfeld. Did I tell you this story? Of when I, I was in school. So. I know. It always comes back to me. Telling my... Bragging about my college years. I'm sure <laughs> Bragging about you. having an education. <laughs> well, I was You went to beauty t- school with Jerry Seinfeld? Jerry was great at perms. No, I went all, after beauty school. And I was studying television production. And Jerry Seinfeld was coming to UCF to do our um, homecoming, you know, entertainment... And I got an interview with Jerry. So I was going to interview him. And I was uh-huh. so excited. Uh-huh. And uh, we only had one camera. Did I tell okay. you this? It no. Oh, yeah. Oh, Thomas she did? Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm not going to. Then let's just please, cut the whole thing. Please no. tell me again. It's all new to me. No, we can't. It doesn't sound remotely oh. familiar. Please. Okay. I did the whole interview. Camera on him, let him go, and did the whole interview, camera on me, and I'm laughing at nothing. Okay, so anyway. Wait, what? Oh, my God. Tig, we've already told this story. Tell it a third time. No. What happened? <laughs> no, but truly, what happened? Okay, so I wanted a close-up of Jerry, but the only way to get a close-up of Jerry was to have a close-up of Jerry the whole time, which means I was not in the shot. So then I had to, and he was on a time you know, he didn't want to do it to begin with, but his time was very short. So he left right after uh, the interview and then we turned the camera around on me. And then I had to say, oh, Jerry, you know, what inspires you? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's hilarious. So okay. you had to act like, you had to oh, just do the, all like- of the questions and all of the reactions. I'm sorry if whoever had to hear that again. Okay. How does that not sound remotely familiar to me? Well, how about me either? I just told it to you again. And Thomas <laughs> is the only one. Our producer is like, yeah, we've heard it. Um, but listen. also isn't like, don't, no, 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 don't, <laughs> don't, 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 don't tell, tell it. it again. He's just laughing like you guys are idiots <laughs> and you're poor listeners. Okay. Um, so anyway, so Val has all this, all this footage and it's, mm-hmm. it's really beautiful and it's from different um, projects and different people. And we see like Kevin Bacon and Sean Penn and... So it's really fun to see these, you know, behind the scene mm-hmm. snippets, if you will, of these famous people. Even if you won't, right? Even if you won't. Mm-hmm. And Val was one of the youngest kids ever accepted into Juilliard for acting. Wow. So that was interesting. He takes it very seriously. He's a very serious actor. 
He is. He's very serious. It may, and when I was watching him, I, it was making me realize how not serious I am. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I really appreciate when people are, though, because I, you know, I identify as a stand-up comedian, and and I get these wonderful opportunities sometimes to act, but mm. and I try to yeah. do a good job, of course. But, but you don't stay in character for the eight months that you're shooting. Well, no, I've stayed in character for 50 years. Oh, hey. And so... Hey, take hey. But yeah, there's not a huge fluctuation in my characters. But... Um, <laughs> so you don't immerse yourself into the character of no, Joan. No, I am immersed. But, but, it's, but it's just... still just it's a just different me. shade of you. Yeah. When James Lipton was interviewing him... And just the, which by the way, I loved that show, even though I didn't follow what a lot of the actors were doing. Anytime right. I saw that show, I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was and, interesting. Yeah, it was really interesting. But watching Val respond to these questions or whatever I saw, I was like, God, I wish I, wish I was like that. <laughs> you know, I wish I, wish I gave... More thought to to what I was doing. Oh, you know, you know what? One of the best things in this documentary, I thought anyway, mm. is during that scene when he's talking mm. to James Lipton, and James Lipton always asks the person, "When you get to the pearly gates, mm-hmm. uh, what do you hope? What do you hope God says?" Yeah, and he said something like, "I've already, you know, I've had a dream about this, and when I get there." She opens the door and she, he doesn't say envelops me. He says en, envelop, envelopes me or something. Uh, it was a very uh, different way of saying envelop, I thought. But I love that. He God's said she. Lady. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense. What if God was, was one of No, that's us? not it. That's not the one. Oh, no, no, no. no that's not. Uh, there is one. There is one. Where, um... What if God is a the lady? What is it called? Yeah, yeah, it's something like that. <laughs> hey, we really came so razor sharp for today. <laughs> oh my gosh, Cheryl, let's give our listeners another break from us, and <laughs> yeah. then uh, we'll come back and we will hear Val's Val. voice. Okay, great. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
God was one. All right, we are back, and let's have a listen to our friend Val. If I have lived my life and exploited all your responses, but what is part of the profound sadness is that I know it's incomplete. What if we never went back to our podcast and just left it there? Well, no, just like what? let him continue talking. Oh, just, just listen the to next... the rest of the, yeah, of yeah, the yeah. Uh, film. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is um it's hard. It's really hard to you know, switch gears and listen to him speak like that because that was the first time I've heard him s- sound like that. So it's it takes a minute. And he he says in this documentary too that he says it probably sounds more painful than it is. Yeah. Um, he's he said that he's actually doing well, right? And that Yeah, the, that the voice just kind of will throw people off yeah. because he's he actually feels good, right? Yeah. That was my takeaway. And then he fell in love with actress Joanne He saw her on Wally, Broadway, right? Whaley. Wally Whaley. Um on Broadway. He was cast in a... Wally, Whaley. Wally, Whaley. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, it would be great if we found this out before. It doesn't matter. We don't have that Um, kind of time, Cheryl. He was in 1984. Val was cast in Top Secret, an over-the-top rock musical spy thriller parody. So wait, I'm sorry. He was in Top Secret and Top Gun? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, two tops. And his parents got divorced, and his mom. Oh, that was the other thing. Well, this is I'm really I'm really going out of okay, order here. Who cares? But what? But Gladys, his mom, left his dad when Val was eight, and his dad got custody of the kids. Mm-hmm. I found that interesting. And then, um, like, because it, a man was caring for children. <laughs> I find that hard to believe a man could care for children. <laughs> well, especially back then, it was just like, I don't know, custody battles were really... Remember um, Kramer versus Kramer? I didn't see it. Tig, okay. What? Roy Rogers is nothing compared to <laughs> Kramer versus Kramer. Okay, Kramer versus Kramer? I want to see it. I've been meaning to see it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, you have to I see it. I would love to see it. So anyway, jumping back ahead, he marries Joanne and What's he What's her last name? Wally. Whaley. Wally. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think it is? How do you think you say it? It's W-H-A. There's no way for us to know. L-L-E-Y. It was only said in the documentary. <laughs> but he saw her perform... You know, and, oh yeah, and like and was smitten years yeah, ago. Yes, smitten, and then, and then worked with her. Yeah, and was re-smitten. Yeah, and then married. And then married, and then he decided that he really wanted them to move to New Mexico, so she moved to New Mexico. And he was, um, he was really determined to put himself out there, and he wanted to work for Kubrick or Scorsese, and he would make his own video auditions. 
which back then I'm sure people were not doing. I'm sure. I mean, it was again one of those moments where I'm like, man, me and Val, oh. huh? Go <laughs> he goes the extra mile, and you're yeah. like, whoa! He yeah. won't even drive across the the <laughs> town. You're like, no, I'm not driving to the valley. Yeah, he's you know when he's like living that character, and then he's doing the video, and but that's what I also loved in this movie was yeah. um, after Batman, you know, oh, after you're what? Well, you think people? <laughs> you think people don't know he was Batman? Well, I think. They don't know what happened after Batman. Now I'm making it sound like something major happened. Well, I think something major happened after Batman, which was one of my favorite parts of the movie, is that he turned down doing the sequel, and then he did this other movie where he got to do like 10 different characters, and he was so excited to do that. Yeah. And it didn't, you know... It didn't didn't take off. It wasn't. But it was no burger. But it was that. Awesome, he was being true to yeah, himself as an yeah, artist. I loved it. Well, because he felt like Batman, he was way too constricted. He hated that in the suit costume. He could barely talk. He couldn't hear people because he the bad ears covered his real ears, and then people stopped talking to him. He said because he couldn't hear them anyway. And he hated it because he felt like he was not really acting. He was just like a prop. But, see, we're jumping around. But he did also audition for The Doors Mm -hmm. to play Jim Morrison. And he did get that role. And then he said for a year, a year, he walked around like Jim Morrison in his home singing studying all of the videos of Jim Morrison, and he said he drove his wife crazy. I mean, I'm sorry. That would drive me nut fucking balls. Yeah, I don't know what I would do if Stephanie was acting like Jim Morrison. (laughs) Like 24-7 for a year. Yeah. And and you've got the kids, and you're like, hey, it's it's dinner time. Mm -hmm. Break on through, do the other side. Something like that. Um, yeah, it would be. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, what's his name that played Lincoln. <laughs> Once again, we're really having a hard time with, with names today. Anyway, he also stays in character and was <laughs> very serious. I'm gonna stop. Daniel Day Lewis. Yes, Thomas says. Daniel Day Lewis. Yes, Daniel mm. Day Lewis. Yeah, and and wanted to be called Mr. President on set doesn't matter point is you know people take it very seriously but is that too seriously is the question i mean i feel like it is (laughs) it's going a little yeah it goes a little it's like whoa you still need to take out the trash batman you know what i mean (laughs) people still have stuff to do morrison (laughs) hey jim morrison you still got to take out the trash hey jim morrison hey But there's an appreciation for it because I I do appreciate people that can really, you know. I mean, have you ever taken acting as seriously as these people? No. I mean, I've never stayed I mean, I guess I could look at your IMDb and. (laughs) How dare you? How dare you? (laughs) I mean, there are different approaches to acting. There's, There's acting where, you know. Uh Uh-huh. 
you say you study it and you prepare and then when the moment comes Mm. you bring it and then there there's method acting where it's like like he talks about he was in tombstone and he had a scene with kurt russell and he played doc holiday and kurt russell crow kurt russell Russell crow and they had a scene together and in the movie he dies doc holiday dies val kilmer as Doc Holliday dies. And he set it up with the art department that he was going to lie on a bed of ice because oh, yeah. he wanted to be in so much pain and so uncomfortable to really feel that moment. Oh, my gosh. Man, oh, man. Did... And so you as a director, when I heard <sighs> that, I'm like, what if the ice is dripping and it's ca- this is causing more problems or you're just trying to shoot the scene and mm-hmm. it's like he's you know getting well that's your problem as the director yeah that's your problem that's your problem <laughs> <laughs> but i'm sure it did add an element to the scene that was uh-huh. and what do you what is the kind of acting where an actor i don't know a minute or two before the director yells action is still going Oh God! What am I? What's my character gonna do? <laughs> am I supposed to stand here? Do I stand here before? But just, there have been moments where I'm like, you know, it's the first moment of a TV show or a movie where I'm like, what am I gonna do with this character? <laughs> what am I gonna do when they when they say action? Oh, yeah, God. do I just oh. bring more? Do I do tea? an accent or do I yeah. try? To- <laughs> do I do my finger over my top lip and add pretend a like I have a mustache? Uh, hello? Yes, that's very Val Kilmer. So he does, you know, he really gives it 110%. And by the way, I don't like it when people say 110%. Is that a thing? Why did you? You know what I don't like? I don't like huh. when people say, is that a thing? <laughs> Was it you that? I like that we can't remember. Were you saying you hate pet peeve? Yeah. Yeah, you hate pet peeve. Your pet peeve is pet peeve. I hate pet peeve. And I hate, oh, that's a thing. Is that a thing? I don't like it. <laughs> oh, no. It's a popular thing to say right now. Everybody says is that, that a thing? now. That's not a thing. That's not a thing. Is that a thing? That's not a thing. That is a thing. It's a thing. It's not a thing. <laughs> your, your pet peeve is that people say, is that a thing? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to try not to do either. Why would you say 110% if you don't like it? I don't know. It's one of those things. You hear it and then... Your brain absorbs it and yeah, shoots it out of your mouth hole. Yeah, and you're like, oh, too late. I just Ooh, said one I of my pet peeves. 10%. <laughs> if there's only 100% in something, then the 100 and, but it makes a point. It doesn't matter. Well, can you stop saying, is that a thing? Why have I said it a lot? No, you just said it. But today. I don't mind it. I, I know, but I do. I'm the one that has to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I mean, I can try. Oh, want to hear an interesting Val Kilmer experience always that you had yeah do you know him well i'm about to tell you well i can't i clearly can't wait tell me my my brush with val well i'm good friends with uh will forte because we were (laughs) (laughs) we were in the groundlings theater together and he wrote the film mcgruber okay which was a parody of macgyver Okay. And he was doing a um, table read. Mm-hmm. And Kristen Wiig couldn't be at the table read. And he asked me if I would 
read her role. Okay. Which was, you know, very nice. Yet, I wasn't in the movie, but it's nice to stand in for Kristen. No, it sounds like he's a really good friend of yours. <laughs> but anyway, at the table read, I sat between Lorne Michaels and Val Kilmer. And Val was very um, sweet. I really liked him. He seemed very down to earth and cool. Even though I had heard that he was difficult. Oh, you had. But I did not... I didn't experience it that way, and... I've heard that you're difficult. <laughs> I have. On set that I'm yeah. difficult? Oh, by whom? And what did you hear? That's not true. I have heard... Wow, you're confident that you're not... I'm so confident about this one, because I am like, uh, go ahead. What have you heard? I've just heard that you are someone to not cross. <laughs> <laughs> To not cross? Yeah. That you will take... Lose, yeah. lose it? Yeah. I cannot imagine one set where I've... <laughs> I've Somebody crossed me. <laughs> I mean, have you really heard this or is this your... Um, something you're... I have not heard this. Yeah. But I don't mind it. Have you heard anything about me? Just that right before they yell action, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. And people can hear you. <laughs> Because you're Mike. No, Cheryl, come on. Have you heard anything about me? No. Nobody talks about me? No. Guess what? No one's mentioned you to me either. <laughs> You've never come up. <laughs> well, see, that's, I think that's good. Yeah. But wait, was Val difficult or were people no. just. Oh, yeah. Like oh, in... he was difficult. He was well, difficult. Well, it seems like it. Well, mm -hmm. which brings me to. I mean, I don't know for sure because I was not on the set with him, but mm -hmm. even the um, footage he has from Dr. Moreau, the, uh -huh. the film that he did with Marlon Brando. Mm -hmm. Remember this, the scene in this documentary where he's filming the director trying mm -hmm. to get Val to rehearse? Mm -hmm. And he's like, could you turn the video camera off? And Val's like, no, because I want to witness to this. And the director's like, well, we, we need to rehearse. And he's like, no, I'm not going to turn this off because I don't trust you. <laughs> it yeah. was just a lot of that back and forth, which I find fascinating. Yeah. I mean, how would you deal? I mean, you've directed a movie. Oh, I've directed weesh. a movie. What if, what if you were I mean, what do that? you do? You can't. I mean, there's no point in fighting with someone. I would say just keep keep rolling. I hope you enjoy it. Do you feel like an actor kind of has the control? Well, yeah. Do you? <laughs> what do you think? Because they're the they're the face on mm -hmm. all of the footage. That's yeah. the face. So yeah. if that person quits, mm -hmm. where are you? <laughs> and what happens tomorrow? Yeah. What are you shooting? Right. Although, so even on, on uh, was it Dr. Moreau or is it Mr.? <laughs> I never saw there's, the movie. Wait, is it Mr.? Doctor. There's no, there's no way to know. <laughs> on Dr. Moreau, um, it would make Val crazy because apparently, I, think, I mean, Marlon Brando in that movie was, um, what's the word? His name's Marlon. 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 When you just isolate his name yeah. and say Marlon. It sounds like the fish. It just doesn't feel as cool as Marlon Brando. 
Yeah, you have to say when, the whole name. Yeah, when you just say, "Oh yeah, um, I'm really, I really look up to Marlon." You know what I mean? <laughs> you have to say Marlon Brando. Yeah, Marlon it does not carry much weight, if you will. It's kind of like Walter Disney. Mm. You know, this is my friend Walter Disney. This is Walter. This is my friend Walter. <laughs> this is Walter Disney. <laughs> Walter <This> meet Marlon. <laughs> It doesn't sound it as doesn't, iconic of a no, meeting. No, it really doesn't. Well, okay, guys, we want to keep it down. We don't want to interrupt Walter and Marlon. They're talking. <laughs> so Marlon Brando was, yeah. uh, this was towards the it end of It didn't seem his, like he was in his prime. He was not in his prime. No, I uh-uh. would say he was not fit as a fiddle. No. Uh, and... I think he was also having some issues on set, and so he was this, maybe difficult. Mm-hmm, so this director would dress somebody somebody else, else up, <laughs> like Marlon Brando, and sort of wheel this guy out. And then Val Kilmer was like, "Wait a second, that's not Marlon." And then he's like, "What's your name?" And whatever the guy's name was, you know, Fred. Bill. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, "Okay," but you know, it just seemed like a real circus. I mean, how do you get to that point in your career? Like if, if Cheryl, if you were on set and you didn't mm-hmm. want to do something and you said, I'm not going to do it, but you can dress somebody else up like me and wheel them out on set. <laughs> you know, what, what level of fame have you reached where? That's, I mean, that's good, right? You've really, you've reached the top. Because you're taking home the million dollar, multi-million yeah. dollar paycheck. You're getting paid and you're just somebody sitting else in a trailer. Is, <laughs> is out there. Is out there dressed <laughs> like you. I mean. Yeah. It sounds like a dream come true. I can't imagine when I, if I were to say that to a director. To say, just, just get I'm my, not gonna, I'm not gonna go out there. I don't just feel get my like body it. double and do it. Yeah, see I'm if not my body double will do it. And by the way, every time my body double is a young boy. <laughs> I think that's flattering. Uh, also, <laughs> while he was shooting this film, um, his wife, I'm not gonna say her name again because Joanne, we'll just call her Joanne. Wiffy Waffy. Sir w- Wally. Oh. Wally, Wally um, served him with divorce papers. I guess she'd had enough of his um, theatrics. And um, why did she leave him? Because he was acting like other people, or yeah, it wasn't that clear in this documentary. Yeah. But it seemed like uh, he. It seemed like he was really difficult. Uh, I would say ultra focused on his career mm-hmm. and acting and mm-hmm. the art of acting. Yeah. And the honesty of acting. Mm-hmm. And then he, uh, Val spent 10 years writing a movie about Mark Twain. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a play about Mark Twain. And then he sold his land in New Mexico to finance the project. Mm-hmm. Before that, there was a scene that really reminded me of you when he what? was, yeah, when he was just cutting his hair off with a knife. <laughs> reminded me of me too <laughs> i'm serious i was like he doesn't care what his hair looks like and hey he, well, oh you, hey. do you care oh no. you do care oh see. <laughs> how does my hair look to you right now it's uh unkempt <laughs> but yeah it made me think of you because 
It was very like, ah, cut my own hair off with a knife. Um, but then it's was so that does... your imitation of me or Val? <laughs> what was it? Was ah, you guys <laughs> cut my hair it's, off with a knife? It's you guys mixed together. Uh-huh. And then this was, I thought, odd and interesting. Like he hated the Batman costume, mm-hmm. but then he spent a lot of time in hair and makeup to be Mark Twain. Mm-hmm. Did you get the feeling that he just sat around day to day in hair and makeup looking like Mark Twain? I wasn't quite sure what was going on there. Because he was at the beach Mm -hmm. in a chair, dressed Mm -hmm. like Mark Twain, with the hair and makeup of Mark Twain. Yeah, it's like, did he use his last bit of money Mm -hmm. for hair and makeup every day? Mm -hmm. I think he did. Mark Twain? I think he did. I mean, and he, from the clips that we saw, it was very impressive. Mm -hmm. He went on the road to try to, to raise money for the movie Mark Twain. Where did all of his money go? Well, his dad. Oh, right, his dad right, dad had right. made I some forgot. bad real estate decisions, and Val said he could have turned on his dad, and his dad would go to jail, or he could pay his his dad's debts. Mm-hmm. So I think it was during this time that he found out that he had throat cancer, and there we are. What do you mean, and there we are? <laughs> well, I mean, that's the full circle of the... of That's the story of, of Val. Val. Yeah. That's why everyone tuned in today. Yeah, they wanted to hear about Val. Yeah, but, you know, they also get to hear other things, too. Stories that they've heard <laughs> on previous Many episodes. And things that have nothing to do with Val. And, and yet, things. our numbers continue to go up. They continue why to... Why do you suppose that is? I don't know. I think people are like, whoa, they're not even going to talk about the documentary. It's like, you know, when you open a yogurt and you're not sure if it's good or bad, and you're like, I don't know, you try it. It's like, well, I don't, why are you asking me to try it? Why yogurt? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying if somebody's like, oh, is this podcast about documentaries? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Will you a listen to it? podcast about documentaries? <laughs> and then they're like, no, it. It's not really about documentaries, kind of. And then they tell a friend, they're like, you want to listen to it and tell me if you think it's about, this is what I think is happening. Is that what you think is happening? No. <laughs> okay, I will we'll leave you on this. Val sees many similarities between himself and Mark Twain. Mm-hmm. And now he feels like his acting career may be over, but he remains active as a visual artist. And he's created a space for artists to work and study and perform, which I think is really nice. I wonder if that space is still going. There's no way to know, Tig. There's no way for you to know this. There's no way to know. We we are two people unable to Google. We can never know. We'll never know. We live like it's <laughs> what 1985, just before the internet. Where you would have to internet. go to the library with microfiche or whatever that was. <laughs> we have to uh, go to the card catalog <laughs> and look up Val Kilmer's uh, artist space. It was truly before the internet, where people would have a yeah. question and then go. There was no hmm. way to know. Hmm. I don't we'll know. never know. <laughs> yeah. I'll make a note, and maybe when I go to the library, I'll look it up. 
We're still stuck in that yeah. time. Um, it's time for Happily Ever After Thoughts, where we give our final thoughts on this week's documentary. Did you cry? I did. <gasps> you did? Mm-hmm. When did you cry? I think I cried kind of out of the gate. I just, um, just having some idea of um, mm. any sort of pain or mm. yeah, life changing suffering, um, and it's so set up. Uh, I felt. What was that noise? That was a gurgle. I took a sip of water and it gurgled right during your dramatic moment. But go ahead. <laughs> it's still gurgling. Uh, um, I, I think the movie just teed me up to be emotional because, you know, there was the... You know what it is? I mean, I barely know much about Val Kilmer, all right? Mm-hmm. But I do know he was this very young, handsome, talented, mm-hmm. successful guy. Mm-hmm. And the opening of the film just really got me in touch with what he was mm-hmm. and where I think he might be now. Mm-hmm. And I just felt it all in that intro and with the old footage. And I, I think it just made me aware of time passing and mm-hmm. how you just don't know what's coming down the road and yeah yeah I don't know I I don't know if most people would get emotional in the place and to be fair I wasn't like pausing the movie and having a massive boohoo but I felt choked up and mm-hmm. uh, I just felt for him even though I had yeah. no real clue what was coming it was mm-hmm. mainly getting in touch with oh man you know, just out of the gate, seeing him in these old clips and being mm-hmm. young and healthy and just being like, oh, man, he he doesn't know what's coming. Yeah, I know. I know. But you felt nothing. I felt things, but I didn't cry. You didn't cry during the movie. Mm-mm. And then I, and then I cried when his brother died. Yeah, that I was, was hard. I was just... Ugh, uh, Although I will say... There's a moment in the film where he's at Comic-Con, mm-hmm. in pre- like present-day Comic-Con. Yeah. And he's signing um, he's signing autographs for people. And there are people lined up, like, looks like hundreds of people. Yeah. And then he tells his, you know, friend or handler or whomever, he needed to take a break. And they took him backstage. He throws up in a garbage pail and then they put him in a wheelchair with a blanket over him uh-huh. and like wheel him. You think they're wheeling him out. And they wheeled him back to the table to sign. Why did he throw up? He's probably suffering more than he's letting on. So that moment was sad mm-hmm. and sweet because I feel like. He went back out there for all those fans. Why do you put a blanket on his head? Because, you know, they don't... I'm sure that was the quickest way to get him from one place to another. And they don't want people stopping him and saying, oh, is that Val Kilmer, you know, in a wheelchair? Whatever that was. No, I know. I, I think it's kind of like a toss-up. Yeah, that was hard. I got choked up, but I didn't, like, as you say, boo-hoo. 
Um, no who, need to mock me. Who were you attracted to? This is a tough one. Why? Well, because is it bad to say? I don't know. I'm not even going to say it. What? What? Is it bad to say what? Like, you know, how we've, there have been times where we're like, oh, attracted to so-and-so in their younger years. We're attracted to, you know, so it's hard. So you're, you're saying you were attracted to him when he was younger. I didn't say that. Feels I'm like gonna say you Tom were. Cruise. I'm going to say Tom Cruise. Uh, Who were you attracted to? Uh, his wife, Wally Whaley. <laughs> Wally Whaley. <laughs> Whaley Wally. Wally. Her name is Joanne. Ali Ali Oxen. <laughs> Joanne. W- Wally? Whaley. Whaley? Wally. Whaley. Well, let's, say, let's say Wally. Um, all right. Well, I enjoyed that. What? <laughs> I just wanted to let you know I enjoyed it. You enjoyed what? I enjoyed the documentary. Oh, yeah. Me too. I felt very immersed in it. I felt oh, like me I too. was very much in his oh, world. I was so... Yes. And I kind of had moments where I would come out of it and be like, oh, I'm this isn't watching it. This isn't my reality or world. And I, the same. I yeah. was really taken with it. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, oh my God, I'm supposed to be watching this for the podcast. I'm going to have to talk about who I'm attracted to. This is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I, it was, it's really, it's a good one. It's a good one. And Val, we wish you all the best, and we're here for you, and hey, Val, hey. Would you like to hear some true fan mail before we go? Yes, please. Okay. By the way, next week is our 50th episode. We'll be watching March were of the Penguins. Were you going to say 50th anniversary? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's our 50th episode, and we'll be watching March of the Penguins, which you can watch on Amazon Prime. And you can buy True Story merch at podswag.com slash true story. Okay. So you want to hear you want to hear some true fan mail? Yes, please. Abby H. writes, When I was a kid in the 70s, a Baptist church came around and invited me to their youth church. My mom said it was okay, and they picked me up in a van. Ooh. I <laughs> wanted to go because they said it was going to be, quote, unquote, jungle Sunday, and there was going to be a gorilla. The van took all of us kids to an abandoned bowling alley and church was held there. The preacher, a Vietnam vet, greeted everyone as we came in and told the girls that they were going to turn into bad women for wearing makeup and wearing dresses that were too short. Sunday school for my age group was in the shoe rental booth (laughs) where I had to kneel in front of everyone and ask for Jesus's forgiveness and I didn't understand what I had done wrong. At the end of four hours of church, we went outside and a guy in a gorilla suit (laughs) handed out double bubble, really hard bubble gum. The people continued to pick me up every Sunday in the van and I was sure my life was over and I was going to be left behind during the rapture. I didn't know how to say what I was going through until I invited my granny to come and she's the one who saved me. I can imagine what those Jesus Camp kids went through. I'm a practicing Buddhist now because all I know about the Bible is the rapture. Whoa. That's a lot. That is a lot. Abby H. Or as you would say, is that a thing? That's a thing. (laughs) Is that a thing? What does it have to do with a gorilla, a person in a gorilla suit? And why did Abby have to pray in the 
shoe rental booth. People <laughs> trying to find different ways to torture kids uh, in the name of religion. Ah, oh, Abby, I'm glad you made it out. Yeah. Thank goodness for your grandmother. Thank goodness. I didn't want to say. I didn't want to say thank God because I don't want to stir the pot. Pot stirred. <laughs> Consider the pot stirred. <laughs> Listen, we love reading your messages, comments, and reviews. Keep letting us know what you think about the docs and leave us a review and we might just read your responses on the show. Cheryl. Yeah? Should we do it again? (laughs) Yeah, let's do it again. Tig and Cheryl True Story is hosted by me, Cheryl Hines, and Tig Notaro. It's produced by Gabby Kovacic and Thomas Willette. Audio engineered and edited by Thomas Willette with music by David Susson. Special thanks to Patrick McDonald and Stephanie Allen. Follow us on social media for updates and review and rate True Story on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. You can email us at TigandCherylTrueStory at gmail.com. That was a HeadGum Podcast.